Welcome to another episode of Hearts for the Lost, the podcast. Hey, it's Jimmy De Los Santos. I'm coming to you from Dallas. I'm with my partner. Brian Nine from Indianapolis, Indiana. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing good, Brian. It's good to, it's good to talk to you again. It's been, it's been a while since we uh, actually had some kind of meeting or something. Usually we kind of meet a little bit. It's been busy for me at work lately. What about you? Same thing. Busy. I uh, got a lot of things going on at church and, and some opportunities. So it's, it's good to get back behind the mic and talking evangelism with you. Yeah. And, and you know, we only do this once, once a month. I, I have the other podcasts that I have, you know, try to fit in someplace somewhere, but uh, yeah, church has been busy as well. I mean, we've been doing a lot of things. We we're planning for vacation Bible school. First one we've ever done nice. as, a, as a church. And uh, you know, if you've ever been a part of that uh, I remember growing up when we used to do it, so be the first time I'm a, I'm an adult, like being involved in, in, so I'm kind of trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to help with that, with, in that arena. We've also got Easter, you know, Easter, Easter. Resurrect, resurrection Sunday coming in April. <laughs> and uh, we want to invite the neighborhood. We, we've actually gone out. This is the first time I've done evangelism door to door, but I, I couldn't see it. And, you know, Hey, if we got listeners that want to give me tips on how to do door to door, cause I'm telling you, it's a lot easier for me to be on a bridge and have a banner and have people walk by and me stop them and say, Hey, solve my riddle. And, you know, get into a conversation that way that for me to go to somebody's door and say, Hey, let me tell you about, you know, all we did was go and, Hey, we wanted to meet our neighbors. We're, we're a church in the area and we're right here, that corner, you know, where it's at. Everybody's, Oh yeah, I know where that's at. And this, that, and the other. Right. And um, so we met some people, but we're going to go in force. The church is going to go the day before Easter Sunday just to invite the neighborhood to, to, to come to church. And I, I think it's a, it's a good thing. We're going to get up there on a Saturday morning and just like scour the neighborhood and, and just kind of drop off. Hey, here's an invitation. Come by tomorrow. Come worship that's, with us on Lord's good, Day. Man. Hey, uh, first of all, you blew by something real quick. You guys give a shout out on Solacast, but I want to uh, give a <laughs> shout out to Solacast, your other podcast, man, our listeners, if you want to listen to something, get, get out there and download and, and listen. So, uh, don't just breeze by that, man. That that's uh, you guys do a great job. You guys do a great job. You know, uh, we 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 have we have our moments. I think that we come up with some uh, with some ideas. Uh, the one we're about to drop tomorrow. Um, so we're recording this on the twenty first of March, which happens to be my daughter's birthday. I'm just going to shout out to my daughter Melissa. Ah, happy, happy birthday, ha- Melissa! Happy, happy birthday, Melissa! And uh, you know, the thing is that. Um, Solarcast, we're doing a we're doing a, an episode on generational curses uh, that drops tomorrow, and so just kind of want to see what people are going to think about that particular episode. We always want to tackle something a little bit controversial when we when we're over there. It can never be something that I sometimes think, Brian, that we pick tame things and they end up being controversial as we're talking about them. And I never I never understand how we get there. Um, but you know, the one thing that I think that we can agree on that. Uh, is is not controversial is why we do this this podcast here why do we do hearts for the lost brian why do we do it you, you know it's simple brother uh, we just want to excite educate and equip believers to share their faith biblically it's simple uh but it's hard i get it um but we're just um we love evangelism uh we love talking to people and and just want to help um you know equip the saints uh to do what we're called to do actually commanded to do uh, and sharing our faith and the hope that we have. So um, we hope we're, uh, we're getting some good feedback. Uh, uh, praise the Lord for that. Um, we just want to continue to stay faithful and, and stay biblical and, and share what we've already already been taught. 
That's good. And so as we, as we, the format has been uh, hopefully that we've been teaching others how to maybe get equipped to go out there and actually do this and put it into practice. Uh, there's a bigger ministry behind it. Uh, Hearts for the Lost is a ministry that will come to your church, uh, wherever you're located. So think about that. You go to heartsforthelost.com, uh, you know, kind of travel around that page, you know, go discover the things. There's an about us tab where you can go click on about us and find out who, who's on the team. Uh, you'll see a good picture of Brian. Uh, you'll see a halfway decent picture of me. Um, and you'll, you'll see our bios in there and um, other people. We have, we have six people on the team. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, go check out, you know, who's on the team and what it takes and what it is that we do. What we'll do is we'll come out to your church um, on our dime and we will yeah. come out. And for half the morning, we will uh, teach on evangelism. Uh, we will have lunch with all the people that are there, we, we kind of do want to want to see a, a minimum of like 50 people that can maybe go. And then in the afternoon, we go out to wherever, whatever town we're in. You tell us what the watering hole is or the places that people gather. And we will go uh, there and uh, put it into practice, mm. evangelize. And so that's that's one of the things. So there is a bigger ministry behind this this podcast. It's not just the podcast. And so we want to just um, give a mention of that. But uh, I want to I want to turn things real quick into into today's subject. Now, um, we we're talking about controversial things earlier, and you know it's not controversial what we're doing on this podcast. But the subject that we have today might be a little bit controversial, and that that subject is uh, true and false conversions. And uh, Brian, what what is a true or false conversion? <laughs> well, you know it, it, it's it's sometimes difficult, uh, but you can get there by asking some questions. We'll, we'll get through the practical piece of that. Uh, but I think we've already gone through uh, preaching the gospel and, and commanded for repentance and faith uh, in Christ and not, uh, that's why I, I think we are so both in agreement and our ministries in agreement uh, that we preach for repentance versus just preaching for decisions, right? Uh, not an emotional quick decision, uh, but to really understand and count the cost, what we're talking about. Uh, and, you know, going through the law and going through the gospel and calling for repentance and faith uh, and using the word and, and, and all, all that we've talked about so far. Um, but I think, you know, the true conversion, obviously, uh, the Lord uh, and the Holy Spirit will, will regenerate the heart so that he does all the work. Um, but we, we can definitely uh, preach uh, the true gospel, uh, not going for the easy uh, emotional uh, but again, uh, calling for the hard uh, repentance and, and faith. And then the false, you know, we'll go through kind of what that looks like, but understanding what a false conversion is, uh, how, how to maybe look for it, uh, maybe ask some questions on it. But um, I think one of the things, again, if we just stay true to the word and, and preach for repentance uh, versus decisions, uh, we're well on the way uh, to getting down that track. That's good. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to bring out about true and false conversions uh, before we, you know, move further into our, our podcast is that, you know what, this is what happens to a lot of people is when they were five, six, seven, eight years old, their Sunday school teacher would every week say, who wants to ask Jesus in their heart? Uh, who wants to be saved? Who wants to avoid going to hell? And I'm sorry, but at five, six, seven, and eight, I mean, every hand should be raised uh, because there's a fear of hell. And, and, you know, uh, making Jesus the Lord of your life, making Jesus, uh, you know, your savior, asking Jesus to come into your heart sounds to like a, a child, like something like he should do. Right. So, you know, they're going to say, yeah, I want to do that. Let, let me do that. 
And so what happens a lot of times and what I've, what I've encountered uh, over the years of doing this is that many people, and, and I, I would say to this uh, same thing that maybe to a certain extent, it's hard when, when you know that, mm. you, that, you know, God has saved you, but I know that God was working in my life at a young age. I know that, you know, he was working in my life at a young age. Now, had I repented and put my trust in Jesus, I hadn't. And there were times when I was a kid that I was like, I'm going to church and I'm doing all the right things, this, that, and the other. But I got to tell you, when I hit to about 15 years old, I said, you know what? That life's too hard. I'm enjoying this other thing that I'm doing. So I, I literally just said, you know what? I reject that. Here's, here's where a lot of people get the, the, the term backslider, right? You hear the term backslider a lot. And uh, you'll find it in scripture when it talks about uh, backslidden uh, uh, Israel, Mm-hmm. Right. But I think a lot of times this gets confused with people that, you know, oh, they came to a true and saving faith. Here's 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 the problem with that. And here's the problem that I see nowadays with that, as my understanding has grown. Jesus never fails. Mm-hmm. Right. If you read uh, Matthew 21 and you will call him and you will call him Jesus, his name will be Jesus because he will save he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. It doesn't say that he will make it a possibility that they could be saved or he'll make it to where they they can come if they want to or or something like that. He will accomplish what he set out to do. So if a person is soundly saved at the age of five, they will stay soundly saved. Now, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. And in my in the way I view things now, I I was I wasn't at 15. I, you know, I rejected the salvation. No, I hadn't. I hadn't been saved. That's what I can say nowadays. But I run into a lot of people on the streets that will tell me I'm a Christian. Don't 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 worry about me. I'm good. Don't, don't I'm good. Don't you don't have to tell me about Jesus because I'm already a Christian. I said a prayer when I was five years old. Now, what has just happened is they said a prayer. They did what they thought they had to do. They checked off the box. And today they don't have a single desire to even go to church or be around the people of God. There's an issue with that. Um, and that's, that's kind of one of the first things that we can say about one of the signs for false con- conversions. But um, there is a, a parable that I wanted to read real quick out of Mark chapter four. Um, and this is going to be kind of the basis uh, for some of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, This is Jesus. Again, he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. Others seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I gave you that parable. We, I read that parable because this, this, this can be uh, a way that you know. Just because someone has professed and just because seed has been thrown out, 
There's a lot of people that have heard the gospel. There's a lot of people that have heard the word of God and have made emotional decisions, or uh, they made a decision that was heartfelt at the moment, but the next day the sun came up, you know, and it was hot, and they and they just felt the 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 the, the pinch, right, of being a Christian, and they said, no, you know what, I really am not. And so there there those are the different. There's four different soils that Jesus talked about there. Um, I think that's kind of the basis of where we want to be when it comes to true and false conversions. Uh, but we can go on. What, what do you what do you have to add to that, Brian? Yeah, no, it's one of those. It, it's it's tricky, but it's not right. We're, we're not out there to call everybody um, baloney. Uh, we we want to um, have faith that, that they are. But but we want to test their parachute. Right. We want to make sure if you're about ready to jump out of a plane, we want to make sure that parachute's on. You don't have a backpack on. Um, but we want to make sure and we'll go through some things here in a minute, uh, how to test that out. Um, but I mean, why should we care? I think that's my question. Oh, Brian, why do you even care? Just go, just proclaim the gospel, right? Well, first of all, I want to make sure I'm proclaiming the correct gospel because I don't want to be a curse or add anything to it or preach a different gospel. That's one. But two is, I mean, the Bible is clear, bro, all, all over about false prophets, false teachers, false apostles, false brethren. Um, and we need to guard against preaching a gospel that reaps false converts. So I think it's very important. And, and there was a quote, um, uh, Living Waters Habit is by A.W. Tozer, which, which really stuck with me. Uh, it is my opinion that tens of thousands of people, if not millions, have been brought into some kind of religious experience by accepting Christ, and yet they have not been saved. I, I mean, I think that's just powerful where a decision has been made because other people did it or the music was playing hot and I, I wanted to walk down. I didn't want to be the only one. Um, but I think it's, it's very important. And man, shepherd's conference was just, uh, was it last week and was able to watch some of the live stream and, and uh, pastor MacArthur one of, on his last. Uh, and by the way, if you get a chance to watch it, Vody Bacham's gospel proclamation is unbelievable. Um, was very believable, but it's, it's incredible. Um, but J Mac uh, basically, his main point at the end last half hour was really about not just evangelizing outside, but let's evangelize inside the church as well to make sure. And, and why is that important? I mean, one that verse that rocks me, and I, I just want to read this is Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I mean, that is sobering um, to just, and I'm not saying to doubt your salvation. I'm just saying, man, we got to make sure and, and understand uh, true and false conversions, uh, not only in ourself, and that's the examine yourself, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, right? Examine yourself, see if you're in the faith. But also, it should be an ongoing iron sharpens ironing uh, with other brothers uh, and sisters in Christ as well. So I think it's very important. Um, that's why I think we keep preaching repentance uh, and faith and not all about the uh, emotional decisions. That's good, Brian. I think um, one of the things I want to, you know, that verse is very, it's very telling. Jesus would say, there are many that would say to me, Lord, Lord, many mm. Uh, and here, here's in that same place that you found that Tozer quote, I found a quote by D. James Kennedy that I thought was something else. He said, the vast majority of people who are members of churches in America today are not Christians. Mm. I say that 
without the slightest fear of contradiction. I base it on empirical evidence of 24 years of examining thousands of people. Man, I, I just, I, I look at, I, I, I listen to what he has to say there. And I think to myself, how can that be? How mm. is it that the church is so infected with this many false converts, people mm. that, that, that believe they are when they're not? And remember, um, it's important for us to always remember that the parables that Jesus gave us, the wheat and the tares, mm. the, the, the ten wise and the ten foolish virgins, they all came up together, right? All these, all these parables that he gave us showed us that, that until the, the day of judgment, we, we're going we're gonna to find out on that day who was and who wasn't, right? Mm. The wheat and the tares grew up in the same Same place together mm. and it's the same thing that's happening in the church today and one of the one of the you 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 brought this up before we started the the podcast but i i'm gonna throw it out there and then just give it back to you brian um there was one false convert within the 12 mm. right yeah he was nope. there for, he was there with him for three years he ate with them day in day out he sat with them at the table day in, day out. He talked with them. They had to have been friends. They had to have been close, mm. right? And they didn't see it coming. Who was that, Brian? <laughs> that would be Judas, right? And, Judas and, Iscariot, yeah. You know, he was that thorny ground here, right? Uh, right. Cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things. And what was interesting of that story, bro, is when Jesus said, one of you is going to, you know, deceive me, right? None oh, of the other disciples me. go, oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't, betray me. None, yeah, betray me. Thank you. That, that none of the other disciples said, oh, man, that's Judas, man. You know, it's obvious. It's Judas, right? No, they're all like, is it me? Is it me, Lord? Is it me, Lord? So he, he got underneath, right? And even even in there. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah. So, Brian, just kind of moving the conversation forward. Why do we care as evangelists? Why do we care about true and false conversions? Well, <laughs> bro, Matthew, I mean, that, that pretty much, uh, you know, be gone. Be, uh, I never knew you. Uh, uh, you know, that, that, that pretty much uh, salvation uh, is, is an issue. Um, and we want to make sure. And, and I, I look at it like this, man. I, I'm a pretty simple guy. But I think I said this in the last show or one of the previous shows. When we talk about being on an airplane, right? If, if somebody we know or don't know, right? Claims to be wearing a parachute and saying, you know what? I'm good. I got my parachute on. I'm about to jump out. And if we ask a couple of questions and see that he's got a backpack on, right? That would that be loving to let him jump out of that plane and not offend him or say, bro, you've got a backpack on. You don't have a parachute on. Or maybe he's got a, a strap not tight, or maybe it's on backwards or whatever. Um, you know, being able to ask some questions and to understand uh, I, I think would be very helpful before that jump, before that judgment day, uh, to really understand what do you believe in, um, and, and uh, are you a true, true convert, and, and do everything we can biblically uh, to run them through the test and make sure that they are. You know the reason I asked the question because I'm going to tell you right now, there is a lot of people in evangelical circles today that will tell you that just let them be, right? right? Just let them go on, you know, believing that they're, who are you, Brian? Who are you, Jimmy? 
to say that that person is or that person isn't. If they profess to be a Christian, leave them alone, right? Just let them be, you know, who they say they are, right? And here's, here's, the, here's the issue with that, right? Now, I'm not going to sit here and profess to be uh, everybody's, you know, I'm not, I'm, not the, I'm not the perfect judge on all these things like this. So I, don't, I don't believe that Jesus left us to, I, you know, I, I, I hear everybody that's right now thinking as they listen to this, Jimmy, judge not, lest you be judged yourself, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, that I should first take the plank out of my own eye before right. I look at my brother's eye, see speck in his, so that I can help him. I need the plank taken out of my own eye. Now, I do believe the Holy Spirit has helped me over my uh, 20 years of Christianity to, to open my eyes to, to, to my sins. And to, and to, it's always, he's still doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm still, my sins are still being uncovered. Things I need to repent for even now are being uncovered. Uh, and so uh, I'm not sitting here saying I'm, I'm the perfect Christian. What I'm saying is that I have enough discernment in me to see that this guy it's it's when he tells me that he's a professing Christian yet doesn't even like to be around Christian people and doesn't like to talk about Jesus. Mm. Brian, do we talk about Jesus? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the thing. So here, here, I want to go back one, one thing real quick. I've been yeah. biting my lip here. It, it, it's like, oh, man, how do I say this? We don't want to go out and tell people you're not a convert. That's not what we're saying. No, I, want to, no. I want to make this clear, right? Yeah. Just Good. like when we use the law, in proclaiming the gospel right before we're not going out there and tell them they're a sinner per se, but we are holding up the mirror and asking questions so they can see it for themselves, right? Let the right. law do its work. So they see themselves as sinners against a holy God. Right. I think the same thing, we still hold up that mirror by asking solid questions about conversion and some other things that maybe they say, wow, maybe I'm not, you know, based on their own. So I think it's very helpful to understand that we're not out there to call everybody uh, true and false converts. We're just saying how to recognize it because that will change your conversation. Because if you find someone that says they're a Christian and, and after a few questions, they don't read the Bible, they don't go to church, they don't, uh, it's like they're cursing like a sailor. That's a gospel proclamation opportunity, not a, hey, brother, let's go serve together opportunity. That's all. And I just want to make sure that everybody understands that. Yeah. And I go back to your, I go back to your, to your thing about love. Is it loving? Right. Is it loving? when you recognize they're lying to themselves, you know, first John, if you read first John, uh, he that says he has no sin deceives himself. The truth is not in him. Right. You know, and when you read those, when you read those verses, they're sobering verses uh, to talk about, Hey, be honest with yourself about who you are. And so uh, when I read those verses, I want to tell myself, you know what, you're not all that you're cracked up to be, but at the same time, I, I do want to help my brother, right. Take the speck out of his own eye. Uh, so that he might be able to see clearly. Um, and so it's, it's, it's done out of love. It's not done out of, uh, out of uh, I'm right, you're wrong, and I want to be better than you. Right. Um, I know that I am the chief of sinners. This is how I feel like Paul felt. I'm the chief of sinners. I'm chief, man. I'm the worst yep. of the worst. But listen, I do have some good news, right, that I want to share with you when you come to me and you tell me, hey, don't worry about me. I'm all good. You know, and I don't need uh, what you what you're what you're trying to give me. Uh, I'm good on my own. Now, here's that to that. I would just say, OK, so how do I know? Right. Like, How do I know? So, Brian, what's a true convert? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I want to read. Let's go back a few verses before um, I never knew you, right? I think it's very okay. clear with a tree and its fruit, right? Okay. I, I think um, we'll start in 15. This is Jesus talking, Matthew 7, start in 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered with thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So I think we are called as believers to be fruit inspectors. I think it's how you do it lovingly uh, and caringly. But I think uh, what, what I found, the, the, the five um, true signs of a convert, a true convert, um, I'll just throw them out there, then you and, I, you and I can banter about. But one is obviously the fruit of repentance. Um, you know, have they 180 degree turn away from the sinful behavior and, and towards God, uh, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Um, the fruit of thanksgiving, I think, is big a thankful heart, a grateful heart for what God has done. Uh, the fruit of righteousness, right? Are they wearing that robe of righteousness? Do they like to talk about Christ? Does Jesus come up at all in their conversations? Um, I think it's big. The fruit of the spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, peace, right? All of that. Uh, and then the fruit of good works. Um, are you other-centered or are you self-centered? And, and kind of working that through. And I'm, I'm reading a really awesome book, man. Daryl Harrison um, told me I had to read Holiness by J.C. Ryle. I had not read that. And bro, I'm just, I'm telling you, if you've not read Holiness by J.C. Ryle, get a copy, read it. But there was a piece in there about growing in grace, a whole chapter, growing in grace. What does it look like when you're growing? Uh, and, and it says sin, a sense of sin becomes deeper. Faith becomes stronger. Hope becomes brighter. Love becomes more extensive. Spiritual mindedness becomes more marked and feels more power of godliness in his own heart and manifests more of it in his life. And I think that's just huge. And what what does it look like? That's what it looks like. Uh, not always, but man, there should be some fruit uh, of, of, of conversion uh, somewhere in your conversation, your acts, and uh, what we talk about. That, that's kind of what I laid out, and now we can banter. And no, I, I, true conversion. And here's, here's a simple thing. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Um, let me read it straight out. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's a pretty simple verse, but I'm going to tell you what, the, what this means. It means that if you are in Christ, those old things, hmm. they don't attract you anymore. As a matter of fact, when you go back to them, you're thinking, I, I shouldn't be here. There's, there's, there's something here that, that isn't me anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. I have new desires. I have, new, I have a new want. You know, I'm going to tell you something, Brian. Um, I, I used to talk about, you know, how I had a Bible and this, that, and the other one before I, before I became a, a Christian. But I didn't really read it. And I didn't care to read it until the day I got saved. Mm. The day after I got saved, I started to devour the Bible. I, I, I got up and I had to read my Bible. I need to read the scriptures. Amen. And, and I've, been, I've been faithful in reading my, the scriptures uh, for the last 20 years. Somebody mm. asked me, when will you ever be done with that book? And I said, never. I can't. I can't do away with it. So this is one of those, those new things that happened to me, right? Is now I had this, I had God's word, right? And I began to, to live by that. For someone to tell me that they love Jesus and yet don't want to read his word, mm. I, would, I would sit here and say, there's a disconnect. 
there's something that's that's not exactly right there. Uh, and so if you are a new creation in, in Christ, the old has passed. You have a new nature. Mm-hmm. You have a, a new way of thinking. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to not notice when I have met a true Christian because we fall right in line. There, I mean, you know, me and you became fast friends right away right. when we met in 2018. Uh, I tell you this, I had the same experience with Pastor Chris Fernandez, right? Me, me and him met. We went out for we went out for lunch. We talked for four hours about Jesus. Mm. I mean, the, the very first time I ever talked to that man. And so I, I, I'd say this is this is it, he becomes your favorite subject, right? And I just, uh, you know, I know there's there's some Christians out there listening and saying, well, that seems extreme. And I would say, examine yourself. Mm. If your love for Jesus is, doesn't overflow and, and just doesn't make you want to talk more about him and be around more people that, that are about him, then um, examine yourself. Mm. And, and so I, that's, that's, that's a true uh, convert. Um, what, about, what about the false converts? You said, are you going to go back to the same place, the, the fruit? Because no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up where you left off on the uh, right, parable of the right. sower, right? All uh, right, good. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I think it's cool because after then when Jesus was alone, those around him. I'm sorry, I'm I'm uh, I'm back in Mark four, uh picking up in ten because you left off in nine. Good. Um when he was alone, those around him, the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. So so the parable, man, this one parable right here is a yeah. key to the rest of them. It's really yes. important. But to those outside, everything is in parables, right? So that indeed uh, uh, they may see, uh, but not perceive, may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Then he said to them, this is Jesus talking, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. Those are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it, bear fruit. 30 fold and 60 fold and a hundred fold. That is the word of the Lord. So this, this is key uh, to, to, and it lines out exactly right. The, and I picked out five, maybe six, but you know, there's immediate results, right? So you can't just get, get excited because someone says it right away. That's why discipleship's important. We'll, we'll get to that someday. Uh, but there are no roots, right? Uh, nothing there that they, they lack moisture. Um, again, that's that lack of, God's word in their life uh, that you talked about. They'll receive it with gladness or with joy, um, and they'll they'll believe for a season, right? Um, but those are some signs uh, uh, of of some false converts, you know, from Mark four uh, that are that are pretty good. But you know, they never really believed in their hearts. Um, that it was just never there. It was more of an emotional made a decision for Christ. Uh, but when things got right, right, they, that's why when we talked before about, you know, uh, just accept you know, the easy believism, we called it right. Um, that God has a, a you know, prosperous plan for your life. Uh, if you're looking for just blessings and things, but when tribulation and persecution come, you're like, man, I didn't sign up for this. And I think that's why, you know, 
you know, count the cost, understand what you're getting into. Uh, Luke nine talks about, you know, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Um, so, so there's a lot there, uh, but to understand what you're getting into and, and what the fight's all about, and then always growing, uh, in holiness, uh, as we walk along. So those are some of the ones I got at what would you get, bro? I know you got a few. No, no, I, I, I like it. I think that encompasses just about all of them. I mean, when I look at, at that parable, of course, this is how you understand all parables. And so I just go back to this thing about, uh, there are some that, that hear and immediately, Satan comes and pulls it away from them, right? Have you ever been in a conversation with, with someone where uh, they're always distracted with something else and they can't yep. keep their eyes yep. focused on you? Yep. Uh, this, this is, this is that, that person. I mean, he may say one thing, but he's completely distracted with other things. And then there's the, the rocky ground here, what you were just describing uh, really well. And this is that person, you know, that they, they receive it with joy immediately. But then, and this is, I think, key in that verse, they have no root in themselves. Right. Root is important, right? Uh, where, where we are rooted and grounded. You know, uh, I think about the Proverbs uh, that, uh, that in Proverbs 1, blesses that man uh, that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat mm. of scornful, nor stands in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He'll be like a, a tree mm. planted by the rivers of water right? And his leaf never withers, it never fades. And so it's, it's one of these, it's one of these things. That's how, that's how, that's how you know the root in themselves is that thing. They, they endure, these that have no root, they endure for a while, but when tribulation per- persecution comes along, this is what's important. On account of the word, immediately they fall mm. away, right? And get this, I, I look at that and I think about, yeah, I want to be a Christian, but only if it's it's okay that there's homosexuals and lgbtq plus or if there's same-sex marriage or you know if abortion's okay Hmm. then i I can be a christian you see it's because the word gets persecuted for its stance on certain things that people will say i like the idea of jesus but i just can't get with this book this word right because it it, the stance is too hard and so they'll Hmm. fall away right um then there's the other ones i mean that that last one among the thorns, right? Mm. You hear the word, the deceitfulness of riches, right? Like you can't have both, right? Uh, you can't, you, you, you want the world's fame and stardom and, and this, that, and the other, and the riches that come from being out there in the world. Uh, but you, you know, this is that, this, that, <laughs> isn't that old Satan trick, right? <laughs> With Jesus, where he took him to that pinnacle of the mountain and said, see all this, see all this. I'll give it to you if you mm. just bow down and worship me. Mm. And I'm sitting here going, uh, yeah, no, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, bro. Mm. You're lying to me. Yep. It's a lie. And people buy into this lie and they, they decide to go after that, which is temporal. Right. But my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Mm. And I, I, this is, this is where I see those three, but then there's, then there's the one that the good soil here. Mm. Uh, we always pray before we go out to evangelize father, let the soil be good where we plant mm. the seeds today, right? That, that, that it might bear forth good fruit. And this is what we want, want to happen. Um, Brian, you know, I, I know this, this probably wasn't on the agenda and I probably didn't have it, but I'm, I'm going to ask this question. How do false converts become false converts? <laughs> well, I, I, I man, I, I want to go back to, to the evangelist and, and why we, it's so important 
to preach a biblical gospel, right? And, I, and this one stuck with me in Hell's Best Kept Secret for Ray Comfort. If you get a chance, if you haven't listened to that, listen to it. But it's that story of the man on the plane, right? It, it's like, if we go out and preach that put on the, okay, the plane's going to crash, put on this parachute that it'll save you from impending doom and it's going to enhance your life, right? Well, when you put the parachute on in the seat, it's uncomfortable. You can't sit up straight. The other passengers are laughing at you, making fun of you. And it's all that stuff. It's like, wow, well, I'm, I'm taking this parachute off. My flight's not getting any better, but you didn't put it on for the flight. You put it on for the impending doom. But if we do a good enough job biblically to explain the gospel and, and, and what judgment day is coming and where they stand, you know, in light of the, of the Ten Commandments and using the law and evangelism and the fact this parachute's put on not to make your flight better, but it's, it's put on so you, you can jump out the plane and, and, and be saved. Um, again, it, it goes on how we preach, uh, uh, you know, the gospel, how we proclaim, the, uh, you know, as evangelists um, to do everything we can to preach again, uh, repentance and faith and not just easy decisions uh, to do what we can um, on our part to do it, to do it biblically. Good. You gave us several reasons, I think, uh, encompass <laughs> all in there. And I think one of the ones I want to key on, be, I'm not, we're not being exhaustive of how people become false converts because I don't know how many ways there are truly for a false convert to believe, begin to believe that he's a, he's a Christian when he's not. There are some people that believe they're Christians just because they grew up in a Christian home. Mm, yeah. They've never, they've never repented. They, they just say, I've always been a Christian because I live in a Christian home. Right. right? And, and so I, I'd look at those and say, you know, you, you might not ever think they're false converts, but they're, they're professing Christ, yet they don't live like it. And so there's another there's another thing I wanted to say uh, in the area where you were in just now, and that is the preaching that is man centered, mm. self centered, yep. right? Uh, when we preach a works based salvific message or a salvation message, uh, saying you know if you'll just repeat after me, this is one of those. This is one of those uh, clear. Um, violations if you ask me if a person does not understand you know and and simply thinks by the recitation of this particular prayer you know mm. i'm a sinner i've done wrong jesus come into my heart right this type of we've talked about this before the sinner's prayer and why we don't use it when we go out to evangelize i believe there's a sinner's prayer i just believe that sometimes it's used to create false converts Hmm. Right. Um, I, I believe that this generic kind of sinner's prayer is used to create false converts. I believe a true sinner's prayer can be found in the scriptures. I've said it before, Isaiah 6, uh, Psalm 51. There's a sinner's prayer in the Bible, but it's heartfelt and it's hmm. from the heart. It means something that someone repents and puts their trust in Jesus. I think that false converts are created because there are zealous pastors out there that want to fill seats. Hmm. Right. But yep. aren't really aren't really creating true members of the body right? or, evan or evangelists that want to count numbers right they, they say hey i got 10 100 people to profess christ on the street this weekend it's like oh man it ain't about numbers bro can i can i just say that's one of the most aggravating things to me Brian. i'm sorry but I, i've had i've had people around me and hey did they sign the card and i'm sitting there going uh yeah i don't do it that way yeah. and i'm sorry i you know it's just not about a number to me right, right. uh and i always i, I look at them and David got in trouble for taking a census. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> All right. So this is a big part of it, right? Brian, we're getting to an important part, an important section of our conversation. Yeah. How do we witness? 
to false converts? Well, I, I think one is not knowing. Let's just let's go back a step, right? How do we witness to someone that says, "Hey, man, I'm already I'm already a Christian. I already believe," or "I got this cross around my neck," right? How, how, I think there's some key questions. Now, you've said it before. I've said it before that we could throw right back at them, right? Well, one is, "Hey, man. Okay, great. That's awesome." Um, hey, I'm out here proclaiming the gospel to folks. Do me a favor, man. What's your pitch? How, how would, if I'm not a believer, how would you witness, share with me the gospel, right? And, and have them proclaim it to you. That'll uncover some, some issues there. Could, right? If they've got some holes in their game. Um, one is, like you said, uh, you know, what's the book in the Bible you're reading? Man, what, what's God got you reading in the, in the Bible? Well, I really don't read the Bible. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm more of a whatever, make it up as I go, Christian. I've had that before. Um, I, I think three is, you know, uh, the question would be, you know, hey, man, what, where are you going to church? Where, where you know, uh, what church you got going on? What, what sermons your, your preacher preaching? Ah, I really don't believe in church. I'm, you know, I think those are some solid questions that I've asked uh, back at them um, to try to just see where they're at. And, man, if they can proclaim the gospel and they got it and, they're, you know, I'm in Romans, man. Romans 8's kicking my tail this week. And, you know, I go to ABC, you know, Bible Church up up around North Time, you know, whatever. Um you know, that's just, that's some good things. And, and I think we just, I just play it back at them and ask questions. Yeah. I think, I think um, I want to try to answer the question as well. And I think that um, I enjoyed some of your, your responses there. I, uh, I, I might have to try that someday. You know, <laughs> how would you, how would you evangelize to me? You know, one of my favorites and this, I, I'm just going to say, this is my favorite method, right? When I meet someone on the street, it depends on context too, right? Like right. If, you, if you're talking to, you know, your brother that you've known your whole life and uh, you discover that, we'll get into that in a minute. I want to talk about my favorite way to talk to a stranger on the street who comes up and tells me, don't worry about me. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm good. You know what I'll say? I love meeting Christians. <laughs> they always let me practice my evangelism. Mm. Right. When 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 I do that, they, they kind of feel like, well, now I'm in it. Can I practice my evangelism on you? And uh, they'll say, sure. You know, and so uh, it's a, it's a kind of a, you know, take them down the, the the good person test and then you'll you'll discover really quickly whether whether they are or not. Right. Uh, do you consider yourself to be a good person? A Christian, a true you know born again Christian is going to say, I wouldn't say I'm a good person. I would say that I know the righteous one. His name is Jesus, right? And then, then you're, uh, oh, wow, already, good answer. All of a sudden, I'm meeting a brother in Christ, you know, and it's a different conversation. But if they sit there and they tell me, no, no, I'm a good person. I think I'm a good person. I deserve heaven. I should go there, right? And immediately you're thinking, okay, this is a false convert, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they've got the wrong kind of thinking. That's absolutely my favorite My favorite comeback to when somebody tells me they're a Christian. I, I just come back and say, I love meeting Christians. They allow me. They let me to they let me evangelize. But here's a couple of other things. And this is one one that Ray Comfort does. I, I enjoy it because it just startles people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he does this thing where somebody tells him they're a Christian. He says, are you born again? Mm. And some people when it, it, a true Christian is going to know what it means to be born again. Right. Right. But there are there are Christians that, you know, people that profess Christianity. When you tell them that, um, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and it gives them a whole other avenue to go down. Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And already he's in scripture. I think it's genius. I think Ray Comfort sometimes comes up with some yeah. genius stuff. When I, heard, when I hear him do that, are you born again? And they'll say, 
what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. And then immediately he's in a gospel conversation. Didn't skip a beat, right? Uh-huh. Already talking about Jesus saying you must be born again. And um, then when you have those people that, that, that say, you know, I was born again once, but I decided it wasn't for me. Right. And I'm like, okay, we got another, <laughs> we got another way to travel down. Right. But I think Ray Comfort in uh, the way he, he brings that out is, is kind of genius in the way that he, uh, that he just asks a simple question. Mm. Uh, are you born again? Right. Um, then I think that if you're talking to family members that you find out uh, again, I'm always going to say this with caution family members are kind of the hardest. I've always said that. Oh, yeah. um, but if you, if you come across and you're in a conversation and you start to discover that maybe uh, your brother isn't so saved like he thought he was, right. Then uh, walk with kid gloves. Mm. Tell him, you know, Hey, uh, with all the love that I can give you, this is what I found about myself. And, and third party, I've said that before uh, in the third person um, speak about your own conversion and how, you came to be born again, how you came to know the, the Lord. And, and so that they might see that and, and maybe doubt their, their own true uh, saving faith. I'm going to tell you, I, one of my family members, I once asked, hey, you know, can you, can you tell me about your born again experience? Mm-hmm. And, and the question I got back was, what do you mean? I, I don't understand what you mean by that. I said, well, John 3. John mm. 3, 3, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And, oh, 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 that, yeah, okay, let me think. You know, then you've got them wondering, that ever happened to me? Because I, I, got, I got to say, if it's a family member, I think that might be the easiest way to go down. But it's, it's, a, it's a kid glove situation with a family member. Again, if I'm on the streets, man, I'm just going to throw out my favorite, which is I love meeting Christians, right? <laughs> Uh, and so those are some ways that you can witness to false converts. We love false converts, things, people that people that believe that they're in when they're not. Uh, we don't want to just judge automatically. Right. We want to go back and, and, and be careful when we get here. Mm. And man, I'm going to tell you something. When they do, when they do turn out to be true Christians, you're going to know it. You're going to yeah. ask some questions and you're going to realize, man, I got a brother in Christ. <laughs> here. And it's going to be even more rejoicing on the streets. Uh, so what do you think, Brian? No, you're right. And, and, and it's, it'll be exposed. I think in our churches too, with our, we can practice, uh, with other folks in the halls. I've met so many born again Christians that just said, man, I was a false convert. And some of them will bring up, man, until I saw hell's best kept secret by Ray comfort, or until I saw Paul Washer's shocking youth conference or X, Y, Z, right. So I, I meet a lot of dear brothers in Christ evangelists that, man, I was just a false convert. So, uh, it's nothing, nothing to take lightly. Um, it's also nothing we go beat, beat some heads on. But I, again, I think we just need discernment. And I think we need to have a, a, a little hitch in our game that says, I'm, I'm witnessing this one person one way. And when they throw you a little curveball, all right, let's go down that path. Let's find out, right? Let's either practice on them or have them practice on us, ask a few questions. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the born again question, man, when I've seen Ray just, just, freeze people right in their tracks uh, with that one that that is a great one that i had before and i, I just wrote it down again man i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that one back out of the out of the bullpen it's uh, it's definitely a good one it is and and yeah. uh, you know i had this written down earlier but i mean three key things i think that really really expose false converts one is tribulation uh, when trials and problems and difficulties uh come uh two is temptation and i'm not talking about 
little sin. We're going to be sinning, but I'm like a practice uh, of sinful nature. Um, and then persecution, right? Insults, uh, reproaches, um, when you're standing for Christ, um, you know, uh, getting made fun of or whatever. So I think those are three key biblical areas uh, that really expose the false converts and then have an opportunity to preach the gospel right there when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this subject, I think a lot of times for a lot of people, it's, it's kind of touchy because even in evangelical circles, and I'll be, I'll be just quite frank, like this last week, I, I posted something on social media about how uh, Jesus said something to the effect of um, they'll, they're going to hate, they're going to hate me because I have pointed out that their deeds are evil. Right. And uh, I asked the question, was Jesus loving when he did that? So my, my point, my point was this, if I go out and evangelize and I point these things out and my evil, and I, I got a little pushback, you know, I got a little pushback that said, uh, you know, Hey, I, I usually find that when people want to point out sin, it's because they're judgmental and this, that, and the other. Right. And uh, listen, I, I got to say that uh, there's a, there's a big difference between discernment and, and judgmentalism. I want people to come to realize I need to be able to discern when they are in, when they're not. Right. And I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, when, when you, when you've been doing this as long as we have as evangelists on the street, uh, it's important for us to be able to have our, discern, our, our discernment antenna up mm. to be able to see, you know, it, what is, what someone's telling you and to be able to point them in the right direction uh, and to be able to do it with love. Right. And to be able to, to do it in such a way that they, they know and understand, right? Because uh, those that have been born again, right? Mm -hmm. Those that have uh, the spirit leading and guiding them talk a certain way, act a certain way, right? And for us to put, to turn a blind eye to, to those that are just living the life that they want to live in a sinful state, following after things, desires of the flesh, desires of, 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 of this life, of this world, uh, and we turn a blind eye to that, I think there's some culpability on our part, hmm. right? I think we need to address those matters, and we need to pray that God would open the door to give us an opportunity to share the gospel again and again and again hmm. with those that are professing to be believers. And Brian, what you said a minute ago was so key about, about the, 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 the testimonies that you've heard. I heard one uh, testimony that you know, uh, it was, it was, um, what's that college, uh, ministry that goes at, uh, oh, crew. Yeah. Crew. Uh, what did they used to be called? They used to be called something uh, else. Campus Crusades for Christ. Campus right? Crusades for Christ. They have a, a little track, uh, the four spiritual, spiritual, law. spiritual laws, four spiritual laws, right? Mm -hmm. There was a young man that I, that I met. Yeah. He's, he's a little older now, but, uh, he got one of those and it, uh, it, he's like, yeah, I want that. And so he, you know, he made a decision for Christ. It wasn't until years later that he heard this uh, Ray Comfort guy hmm. talking about um, the law, having broken the law. Are you a good person, right? Uh, this type of thing that he, that he looked and he said, wow, I've been serving in the church for something like 30 years. Hmm. And I've been a false convert this whole time. I've never repented of my sins. It wasn't. It wasn't until it was until he heard Ray. That to me is crazy. 
right? Wow. That you would spend 30 years in church mm. and never hear a good gospel pro- proclamation, right? Mm. But it happens. And I've been witness to the testimony. And so it's important for us to, to, to go after that, right? To go after that population of people that, that may have been given some kind of track that took them down the wrong path, maybe. Uh, and I'm not trying to come down on a crew. I, I, I don't know, you know, uh, but I am, uh, but I'm trying to say that there are people that have come for the wrong reason. Right. right? And right. Uh, thought they were when they weren't, they checked off a box, they said a prayer, this, that, and the other, right. We want, we want them to come to a, a saving faith knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Uh, and they want and, and, and we want them to be saved. Yeah. And, and the good news is right. Jesus is going to take care of it. Right. And they, and, I mean, you see it in the wheat and the tares. You mentioned that good fish and bad fish, the wise virgin, the foolish virgins, right? The sheep and the goats, Matthew 25, I believe it is. Um, and the parable of the dragnet, Matthew 13. So they're going to be, the fish are going to be together and Jesus is going to sort them out. I, I, I just think we owe it to our, 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 our folk that we're talking to. And, and I want, man, I want you to check me, bro. It, you know, that's why iron sharpens iron, right? If I'm saying something that's a little off, you're going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, let's get back to the gospel and, and let the gospel uh, do what the gospel does, right? It's the power of salvation. Um, so I, I just think it's it's good to know. I think it's good to use. But here's here's where alarm bells should go off, though, where, where I think we've got a problem. And that's right now, as the church, right, should have with 142, and air quotes, million professed believers, right, statistically, um, a, a lot of believers that we can't even outlaw the killing of, we got 3000 preborn babies a day, 9-11 a day nationally. And we can't make a dent. And, and as William Iverson wrote an article I found in Christianity Today, a pound of meat would surely be affected by a quarter pound of salt. If this is real Christianity, the salt of the earth, where is the effect of which Jesus spoke? Right. And, and that's a question of if, if true, true, truly have born again believers. Um, so that's where just, again, making sure, um, I'm not saying not take people at their word, but ask a few questions and make sure, uh, again, I love your practice, uh, the gospel on them. Um, but I, I, you know, it's just that important, um, that I, I don't feel like we should not, uh, pass that opportunity by. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's good that you quoted that last part of it, uh, because, how, how much of an effect uh, would it be if, if we were, a, I'm, uh, when I say this, I think that people are going to get like upset that I say it, but uh, if we were to stand up, you know, and be counted mm-hmm. uh, against all that we believe is ungodly in this world, you know, with, if, if we counted all the professing believers that were truly not saved, I think this number would be huge. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like that salt would, would affect that pound of meat. Right. Um, and I think that, that, that it's important that you, I love that you put it that way. And I, I, I had seen that quote before. Right. But uh, it, it makes a difference because we, we haven't had an effect. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's because there's a lot of, there's a lot of professing Christians out there that will go with the world's terms. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we need to be careful of that. We need to bring that. Uh, we need to bring that to bear when we go out and witness, and we need to bring light to the to a dark world. That's what we're intended to do. Hmm. Brian, closing thoughts. What, what What are you thinking? Yeah, man. I, I mean, today um, I read in 
you know, today in history and Christian history, you know, Thomas Cramner in 1556 went to the stake. And I, I just think the early church fathers um, that stood up and stood tall, uh, although Cramer did uh, recant, but then he recanted his recantation and put stuck his right hand in the fire first. But um, when you think of, of, of really facing um, a fight uh, to proclaim what they wanted to proclaim and, and or a, a passion of getting the Bible in English, um, that sort of thing uh, with Tyndale and Rogers, you know, I think of, you know, just the passion and do we believe what we believe? Are we willing to share it no matter what? Right. And, and can we communicate it winsomely to those? So no, knowing what we believe, why we believe it, and can we can we share it? Uh, but I think it's it, we should not take um, take it lightly that that you know the road is narrow uh, and hard, right? That Jesus said. So not assuming that the wide destruction road of everyone. Hey, I'm a I'm a believer. I believe you believe. Everybody can believe. Um, but to take the time, I think it's just take the time to ask some some questions and to really help someone flush it out uh, biblically uh, where they stand. Uh, it's important. I mean, judgment day is coming. Right, it's appointed day to die once and then face judgment. Uh, Hebrews nine talks about, so, um, it's important conversation to have. Let's, let's figure that out. And, and then we can talk about other things down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good stuff. I think, uh, you know, I, my closing thoughts are going to be like this. Um, we tackle the subject of true and false conversions because we know that there is a problem there. Uh, we know that broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many that go there by and that if we read the sobering words of Jesus Christ, when he says, there are many that will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Then our hearts should go out to those that are in that state. And we should want them to come to know Jesus Christ. We should want them. And so we need to address a, a thing like a false conversion uh, to where we can be those that would you know, go after the truth in those matters and say, hey, let's be honest with ourselves, right? Uh, if, if we lie to ourselves, if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us, right? And, and so it's important for us to, to tackle this conversation, to tackle this subject uh, as Christians, and not to let it be something that we just let go on the way. You know, every time I hear somebody tell me, eh, why don't you just let them be? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, because I love them. How about that? Because I care? Because I want them to come in and know Jesus, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to let that go. And so um, there are going to be people that sometimes tell me that, well, shouldn't the church be in agreement about these things? Yeah, if you're in the church, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're in the body of Christ, you are in the true church. Um, just because you go, you come to the same building with me uh, and, you know, I guess pretend to worship. I, I have no other mm. words for that because if you're not in the body, what are you right. doing? Right. Um, and so that that would be that would be my closing thought. Just to just to say this, there's a reason that we wanted to tackle this conversation. I think it's an important conversation, more important than we think it is. Sometimes we don't think that we need to, like you said, uh, uh, Brian, preach the gospel within the walls. Right. Right. Because lots, of, you know, we yeah, we're supposed to go. We're supposed to be sent out. I believe in that. I believe in going to the bridge. But I do believe that the that that even within the walls, we need to you know test it, make sure, right? And, and, so, and something you've said that stuck with me, and I, I forgot this, but I want to throw it back in is you always say, "Check my motive," right? Check my motive. And I think if our motive is you just mentioned it, I love you enough, uh, and not 
the motive of I'm better than you and I want to put you down, right? Because a lot of people out there are doing that, right? You're not a believer. You've got to do this. But if, if you check my motive, I'm here because I love you. And, and, and that I think that is a huge thing that you've taught me. I want to thank you for that um, that I put in. I just forgot to say it in my closing. So <laughs> I want to make sure that got in there. Man. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, I think that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed that uh, out there listening to us. Uh, um, let us know what you think, by the way. You know, hey, when this drops, uh, there have been there have been some. I think, Brian, you told me there's some some people that have asked you, hey, let me know when the next one drops. Guys, be proactive and subscribe to the show. <laughs> it'll tell you when the new one comes out. It's perfect. <laughs> it, it'll it'll even you can even set your phone up to where it downloads for you and just yep. like. Hey, here's your next, uh, you know, your next episode. I have many uh, podcasts that I listen to and they just like drop in one after the other. I can just continue to listen to them. So subscribe to, so subscribe to the show. And if you like what you hear, hey, uh, give us a, a, a review. Give us a, a five-star review. We, we're going to ask for a five-star review. That's right. Uh, you know, if you want to give us something less than that, there's other shows I can direct you to. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, give us, give us a review. That'll, that'll give us some, uh, a little prominence, help, help a lot of other people come find us. Uh, this is a, uh, a subject of evangelism that a lot of people maybe don't. There's a lot of people that I, that I talk to, they're like, oh, that's just a subject. But the more informed we are about how we do it and to know that we can be successful at it, um, and what I mean by successful is that we just adhere to his command. <laughs> I don't know the results on, on everything that I do, but I do know that I am doing what God has commanded me to do. Uh, with that, I would say, you know, uh, share it with your friends, write us a review, give us a like, share us on social media. I say uh, feedback, bro. Cause I just got, uh, got the feedback on Facebook from a pastor in, in, in Australia. It was awesome. He gave me some some tips and uh, some things that uh, to look out for on, on some of the items we're talking about. So uh, we'd love that. If you got an idea for topics, give us a, give us an idea uh, for something you want to listen to. And we'll see if we can get it in the rotation, but um, give us some feedback. That'd be great too. So if he lives in the land down under, does he listen to the podcast backwards or <laughs> yes, I mean... it, it goes backwards? Yeah, for... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. So that was a terrible dad joke or whatever. <laughs> um, but any, anyway, uh, with that, just subscribe, share, like it, share it on social media. If you can give us a review. Uh, remember, there is a uh, an underlying bigger ministry, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, we told you about earlier. We will come to your church. We will put on a conference, a compelled conference. We'll teach evangelism. We'll have lunch with your folks and then we'll go out in the streets and put it into practice. Uh, and we'll do it all on our dime. Now, with that, I will also make this caveat and say, if you go out to the website, you are going to find a donate button, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, we, we, we uh, you know, we will do it on our dime. But if you find that you want to donate to this good cause, uh, then go ahead and, and donate. Uh, we are a 5013 seat, right, Brian? That's right. Yeah. So, okay. And, and so go do that. If this is an idea that or if maybe you're thinking, hey, my, my church is just not big enough. Hey, get together with another church in your area. Mm, right. Yeah. Uh, make make a way, you know, come together. And I know that there might be um, some people out there thinking, but they don't they don't think like my church does. Maybe, you know, hey. There are some things we can be unified on. Evangelism is one of the things we can be unified on. Right. We can come together over the fact that we want others to come to know Christ, the true Christ, the Trinitarian 
God, all right? We want them to, we want them to come to know him. I just had to throw that in there, man, because that's important, <laughs> right? But uh, with that, I, I would say um, until next time, Brian. Have a heart and go share your faith. <laughs>